You are listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. I hope you're uh, having a lovely day. Maybe you're in the car right now, just uh, hearing my soothing voice and Ryan's terrible Traffic. special effects. Special effects, which is really, really <laughs> He's feisty today, Ryan. Ryan's feisty. Um, here it comes. The segment, mental health check-in. How you doing? How you doing? How are you, Ryan? Oh, I'm all right. I went, I went on a run, and that helped. Well, good. You're starting to do things. Yeah. It's not that you're not doing things. You're constantly working, but it's doing things for yourself. Yeah. The, the odd thing. I have a friend who's in town. Is that stressful? No, that's a good thing. Well, you get out of the house. I get out of the house and actually and play music. This is my this is my friend of since high school. By we the play way, music together. You play music together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you did an album with him. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. You could listen to that. Tell him where to get that. You go to, we're, we're called Matacanes. Spell it. M-A-T-A-C-A-N-E. Yes. Yeah. Take a listen. It's really good. There's one song in particular I liked. It's on Spotify. What's the song I liked? Probably Suckered In. Suckered In. Yeah. yeah. It's the one I wrote. Yep. There you go. Um, take a listen. Ryan's a talented, talented guy, and uh, he's not only talented at uh, editing, but uh, a lot of other things. Singing, acting, loving, living, living, loving. Watch. We're going to get like uh, yelled out by. That's not long enough. <laughs> or good enough. Um, thank you for listening, guys. Um, very special guest on the podcast today. If you're here for Laura, I really encourage you to support the podcast because we have so many great guests and I really think you're going to like it. If you do, please subscribe. Please subscribe on YouTube. Um, if you're watching it or if you want to listen on Apple or Stitcher or Spotify, it means the world to me and I really believe you're going to like it. Um, so if you're here for Laura, I hope you'll stick around, maybe even write a review, but uh, I won't get my hopes up. But uh, also the handles, Ryan, what are the handles on the social? They are at inside of you pod on Twitter, at inside of you podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> and uh, I, I read this last week, but, uh, you know, I, I just like this quote. I don't need to get into it, but you can't wait until life isn't hard anymore before you decide to be happy. You can't wait until life isn't hard anymore before you decide to be happy. I want you to think about that because I thought about it and uh, it makes a lot of sense. So you take with it what you will. Um, Laura really opened up today. She, uh, she opened up last time, but this time is different because we get to see her on video. So you get to watch the beautiful Laura and, uh, she was very articulate. She was open, honest and forthcoming and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I really appreciated this interview. So let's not even wait around. Uh, before that, I will tell you, if you want to join Patreon, uh, the lovely, uh, my Patreon community, it's like a family. If you don't know what it is, check it out. It supports the podcast in other ways. There's tears. Uh, certain tiers get boxes from me every couple of months and little notes from me. Um, they also get to ask the guest questions on shit talking segments with the guest. They get to ask me questions on Q and a with Rosenbaum every month. Um, they get bonus episode, bonus material, um, disc, certain discounts, just lots of stuff. It's called Patreon, P A T R E O N. You can go to patreon.com slash inside. If you want to join, become my patron. I'll message you right after. And uh, also the Inside You store, tons of great stuff from Lex Luthor to Inside You stuff, uh, Inside You online store, and uh, also sunspin.com to get any band merch like this beautiful sunspin shirt. Um, that's about all I have to say today. Um, thank you for listening. We'll uh, read off the, the patrons um, at the end of the show. And um, thanks for listening. And let's get inside of Laura Vandervoort. It's my point of view. Listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. 
Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. You were on here about uh, a while ago. About a while ago, uh, two, yeah. Two years ago, I think I had you on. We just did audio. You okay over there? You're adjusting? <laughs> I'm fine. You are? Yes. First Don't of all- Put me in a corner. I, I know you're all, well, nobody, nobody puts, puts baby in the corner. Yeah, exactly. Guys, you know what that's from. I hope you know what that's from. You shouldn't be listening to this podcast if you don't know what that's from. It's from- uh, Dirty Dancing, that's right. <laughs> Took me a second. Did you notice? I know you're a big horror fan like me, and that's mm -hmm. why we get along so well. Did you notice all the posters are horror? Of course. Which movies have you seen? Have you seen Fright Night, <sighs> Evil Dead? Uh, I, I don't. I haven't seen a lot of the like more classic ones. I'm going to have to write you a list. Yeah, I feel like you did at one point. Obviously, Dracula, yes. Aliens, the thing, yes. Okay. Return Nightmare of the Living Elm Dead? Street. Return of the Living Dead? No. Okay. Not super into the zombie you like the psychological thriller? Yeah. You like that? Which is one that I just shot. You What was it called? Black. Okay, first of all, I say bag. I'm Canadian. Bag, like bag, a bag. bag. It's called black bag. Not black bag. Right. But I have to say that word in every scene. So they, they tell you, hey, you said bag again. No, I just consciously, like before I say the word, say bad. Bad bag. And that helps. But you didn't for this interview. That's why no. you said bag. Because <laughs> it doesn't matter. It I'm doesn't not being matter. paid. My podcast doesn't matter. <laughs> Um, so you did a horror movie. It's a psychological thriller. thriller. Thriller, yeah. And it's a little indie. I remember talking to you about this. So mm. you, you, it's great because you do these projects like Handmaid's Tale and um, you know Supergirl and all these guest stars and whatever, blah blah blah. But you make a little money. But on the independent films, you probably don't make much money. None, none whatsoever. But well, you make something. They have to pay you, right? Enough, yes. to, enough to get by and pay your bills. Yeah, the per diem also helps. But um, what do you get for per diem? Hundred fifty bucks. Sixty five. $65 a day. Yeah, it's pretty good. Well, not on your days off because 65 no, bucks to No, but I'll take it. I'm trying to build a fence. So You're trying to build a fence at your house. Yeah, I just okay. got my first house. But um, Is this a good movie? Because let me tell you yeah. something. I am horrified, for lack of a better word, because I've been watching a lot of horror movies and you can see some of my tweets. I did a, a tweet that said, Dear Horror, what have, what ha where are happened? you? What happened to you? Well, this isn't horror. This is, like a, this is a thriller. This is about two women whose lives kind of collide due to unforeseen circumstances and all. I can't give anything away. It's, it's, it's an indie film. The script was great. Um, and I haven't seen two female leads in a while that have written have been written so well. I mean, this... Was it written by a woman? woman? It was originally written by a man, rewritten by a woman. Ah, uh, go figure, right? Um, there you go. Angela. Yeah, and uh, like th this is the first time I've done a film where it's basically a play. I mean, I was doing 12 pages a day, just like monologues. Are you, are, so you're good with dialogue now? I mean, you've yeah. always been pretty good with it. Yeah. If it's well written, it's it's completely easy to memorize, right? It yeah. just flows. But it's the ones that aren't that are trouble. Um, you also, my 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 dog Irv passed, as you know, and it was very. Oh, I want to say sorry. thank you because you sent me a nice message, and it was really sweet. And it I was, loved uh, Irv. I know you you made me a, a t shirt with Irv's face on it once. I did. Remember that? Yes. So that was very kind. Um, you know, Ryan. Um, Laura, you look scared. Ryan's never on the air. I'm gonna put him on the air. You know she's Canadian. Can you give me three Canadian uh, words? Uh, toque. Mm -hmm. Correct. It's a hat. Like uh, a, it's a hat. beanie. Beanie. Yes. Uh, uh, poutine. It's not really a Canadian word. Poutine. That sounds. Well, but you know that's what like poutine a, is? What is that? You know what that is? It's fries with gravy and cheese curds. Oh, that's called yeah. poutine. Yeah, yeah, I've never had. Then it. there's the loony. Which is uh, one dollar, and the toonie, which is two dollars. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Can you name three provinces in Canada? <laughs> Did you know this was going to happen? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, British Columbia, Correct. Alberta, and uh, let's see, Saskatchewan. Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. Mm -hmm. That's correct. 
Um, do you find it unnerving when you get a job in Canada that they hire you because they know they could pay you a lot less? Of course. When is that going to stop? They hire you for U.S. productions that are filming in Canada, and yet they pay you Canadian rates because you're from Canada. Well, yeah. I mean, some you can get SAG deals like SAG, like Smallville, I would say SAG. Right. So they gave you a better deal. Right. Um, so you can try to negotiate that. But yeah, if they're looking for a tax write off, I mean, the thing is, is in Canada, we have a lot of really talented crew and cast and and writers, directors, but they the American shows come in and take over. And then we really only get cast for small guest stars, hmm. which is fine. Like we it's not fine, but we all want to work. And I think Canadians are just like working actors. We don't obviously we care about the craft, but we just like to consistently work. Like I'll do a big show like Handmaids or a movie like Jigsaw or whatever. And then I'll also do tiny films that feed my soul because yeah. the big ones don't. You seem very, um, I don't know. You have a good energy about you today. I'm tired. It's not, maybe, maybe you're tired. I don't know what it is, but uh, not that the last time, because last time was a great interview, but this time you just, I don't know. You feel more together. Okay. Like, maybe yeah yeah um do you think it's because my you, age you well you're not old don't get into age with me okay don't get true. into age you're things old. with guys yeah. or people that are older than you mm -hmm. but i know you moved back home you got kind of tired of the la scene mm -hmm. kind of tired of hollywood maybe tired of dating which we could of course talk about but you move back home you live near your folks yes. you live near your sister yeah currently with my sister you live with your sister so what oh, happens I, I, I just i don't know what i would do you just open okay well first of all i love my family so okay, it's like good. not a big deal i love my family um <laughs> i was shooting a show in toronto when the pandemic hit and um my sister has two kids and her husband so i went to live with them because i someone broke my heart i had a like really bad breakup i lost the house in toronto mm. kind of didn't have anywhere to go so i moved in with her for what i thought would be like two weeks for this weird pandemic thing to help with the kids like i did whole homeschooling and all of that four months later i was still homeschooling and um luckily they got a sitter eventually but I'm still living there. I bought a house. It's being demoed right now. Okay, so you're not going to continue. Not to live forever. With your I'm just going back for like three more months until my house is ready. I think we have similarities. Mm -hmm. I think that you know we like everyone out there. I hate saying this, but we every, we all want to be happy. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it gets convoluted what we think happiness is. Right. So we don't look at our lives. We forget that we had success or have success or what we're doing and we're we're you know all these great things that are happening in our life. And we, the attention is, um, gets kind of put in a place where we're focusing on other people's success and mm -hmm. we're comparing it to ours. Yep. And then it looks as though like, even like your sister, she has two kids, she's married. And I know you, so I know you think that's success. Mm -hmm. That's happiness. Why can't I have that, right? We look at other people. I have friends that are married and have kids and going to school. And I, you know, I'm sometimes alone and I'm like, you know, wow, I'm 48 years old. And do you ever, I mean, you're not as old as I am, but do you think sometimes you're chasing the wrong things that you think suddenly that the same things that you're after, no matter, because we're insatiable, we get a job and we feel good for, I got a job, I'm acting mm -hmm. and I'm acting. And then that kind of, it goes away. Yeah. So it's not sustainable. So maybe what my grandmother and other people have been trying to tell me for a long time is have a family. You can have, still do all the other things, but it fills the void in between. So do you think that your sister, do you look up to her like, God, I wish I had your life? Um, I, I, there's portions of it. She's going to laugh. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, Sarah's a, she's a great woman. She's, she's a great mom. She's and- a badass. Like right now she's handling my renos basically for me. She's got a job, two kids, a husband, like I can't keep up with her. Everything is scheduled. Everything is organized. I admire that. I, and, and she's so fucking smart. I am not that kind of smart. Um, I do this to myself all the time. Ryan knows it. I constantly say, ah, I'm just not that smart. I'm not then people but there's write different to versions. me constantly. Like, yeah, like, you know, there's street smart, there's yeah. book smart, there's common sense smart. I don't know where I lie. I don't know where you lie either. You're Ryan? probably a little of everything. Ryan, what, how would you describe me? What kind of smart? Yeah, what kind of smart am I? <sighs> You're like, uh, oh. oh, God. Oh, great. <laughs> I don't know. I feel, like, I feel like he's like, street smart but also I, I wouldn't say book smart i think you're just intellectually you're not an idiot no <laughs> <laughs> i think you use the uh. skills you have and and use them wisely i know how to use my skills yeah. to the best of their abilities yeah you've yeah, parlayed like what you're good at into a, like i'm not going to nominate you for jeopardy but i'm also not gonna well, I, I do all right in jeopardy i'm also not going to take you to like you know to a drug deal either you're like somewhere in between yeah the street smart and you're you're medium smart. I'm medium smart. You're medium smart. Mm. I think a lot of us are medium smart. I think that's okay. I think you're smarter I than that. I think standard. Ryan's naturally. I think Ryan's got a lot of common sense, and but this isn't about him. No. Um. But 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 happiness is like that's what I'm always wondering. I'm always thinking, am I doing everything wrong, and how long am I going to chase this? Because you know, I've I've talked to people who don't get started chasing fame because that's a dead end road. Yeah. Don't start chasing fame and start changing. I need more followers. Cause you look online sometimes and you're like, I it's just, ma- I just, yeah, it's never enough. Right. You look online. You're like, I just made the funniest video and I got 15,000 views or whatever the fuck it is. Right? You know what? This all means nothing in the real uh, world. Of course you, can't it means die- no. you can't die with those views. No, no, no. It I doesn't agree. leave a legacy. You, a family does uh, of what course, you do. Of course. Does. But what I'm saying is I look at that and then all of a sudden I saw, I see somebody who has like 3 million followers and 300,000 people like the pose of them doing a yoga pose. Like 300,000 people like this fucking yoga pose. You got to know your fan base. No, it's not that. It's like, I don't have that many, as many fans. So what I'm saying is you start to compare. I'm like, what are you doing? You, you made 15,000 people happy with mm-hmm. your post. Mm-hmm. What are you, what are you comparing yourself? That's what I do a lot. I compare and I always talk about don't compare, but I think we compare ourselves and we're like, if we just were in the moment, do you do that? Which part and why are you yelling? <laughs> Well, uh, do you do you tend to post something and then go, oh, look, I got this many likes. I got this many I'm, likes. I'm, I'm human. I'm in an industry where the social media is necessary. In fact, I just worked with an actress who makes a lovely profit on, you know, catering her social media to branding. And she was teaching me a little bit. For me, it's a tool. Of course, there's days where you're, you're feeling like shit about yourself and you're like, no, you know, you, you look at your posts and how many people commented and what's negative. But I really just try to view it as a business. I use it as a tool to promote my work, to talk about products I like, to talk about eco-friendly. Does it make you happy, though? Do you see a rise in happiness yeah, when tons of people like it and then all of a sudden no one likes it? So you're like, oh. It's placebo, of course, which is why I wrote my film, which is about that. Really? What's it called? Uh, my soul to take. It's the one I directed. Ooh. Yeah. So you're doing a lot of stuff now. Do you mm-hmm. tend to do a lot of stuff because you really love doing it and you want to do it? Or do you think there's part of it that you want to prove yourself? A hundred percent both. hundred percent both. Yeah. As a woman, um, I've been acting since I was 12. 
I've always been an actress. I don't think I'm a stellar actress. I think I'm a working actor. And so I want to show that I can do other things. So there's definitely a prove yourself part to writing and directing. And I've been producing, but also I really enjoyed it. Like I, I enjoy, I enjoy the control. Um, my soul to take looks beautiful. I had crew from like, I'll send you a link from Canada. My composer was stellar. Like it was a lot of women. Um, but you just said something a few minutes ago. You said, I don't think of myself as a stellar actress. Is that true? Do Mm -hmm. you look at yourself and say, I know what I'm good at. I think at. I'm good. I, you think you're good. I think I'm good. Do you know you're good? And you know I'm getting better. Yeah. Yeah. But I, you don't, I, but you don't think you're great. You don't think no, you're stellar. No, I think I'm, I'm, I'm that's, good. That's I'm, hard to say. It's hard to, somebody said, are you a great actor? I'm not going to compare myself to, you know, <laughs> Meryl Streep. I think I'm a working actor who can do a good job. <laughs> right. You know, that's why I get cast in, in shows that I do because I, I can bring it and, and leave and, you know, like handmaids. It, I, it I haven't I seen that yet, but I hear that you have a, it's a fantastic role. Mm-hmm. Can I s- spoil it? Yeah. I mean, if you haven't watched it yet, just, you know, just mute the next few minutes, but supposedly you, you poison all these men mm-hmm. while they're having this big party and you just yeah. kill them all. All the commanders. Yeah. I, my friend, Alex, who listens to the podcast said <laughs> she's really great in it. Thanks. Yeah. yeah she I, said that. I think just, an aside, as I'm getting older, I'm like sitting into things more and I'm finding it much quicker, you know, back on Smallville, I'd be like, give me the tear stick. I need like an hour. I need to look at videos of dogs being put down. Like I, I need to do that. And now it's like, okay, just let me know when we're rolling. Give me a minute. And then like, I know where it is now. Right. I feel comfortable in it. I'm like, I, I've experienced life for 36 years and I want to share this. I'm always on edge. I feel like I'm always, I have to, like my whole life's been, I have to be great. I have to be great at this. I have to come through. I have to show them that I'm great. I can't, I have to know my lines and said, I have of course. to do this. You know, and that drives me up a wall where I wish I could sit there and say, I've settled into myself. I'm fine. I'm fine. I can just do this. I know what I'm doing. It's not that I don't know what I'm doing, but I, I second guess myself a lot. I think that's normal. Like I still do that. The, the, the project I just did was an indie film. So I felt very comfortable to explore. Like there wasn't really a clock ticking. We would do three takes and I'd say to the director, if you get what you want and you have time, give me one and just tell me to play. And when I got to play, I fucking did things that I would never have been comfortable with when I knew they might use the take. Like this was like, oh, it's a throwaway take. I'm going to do this now. Like I change, I lay down, I get on the floor, I do weird shit. And then it turns out being great because I, I knew I'd done my job. I knew the lines. And now I can play. When you get a role, are you immediately nervous? Yeah. I, I'm like, why did they cast me? They're going to fire me. I'm terrible. I hear terrible. that a lot. I hear that a lot from a lot of, of actors. Yeah. And then you settle in once you learn the lines, you start to get into it. Got to get a couple of days in. Right. So give yourself a couple of days to just like, oh, you're going to be nervous. You're going to be this. And then you'll start to get into it. Mm-hmm. That's sort of the thing. Also, that project I was talking about, I was replacing an actress four days before production. Ooh, that's hard. That's hard. So there's that, oh, second choice thing. Uh, I've been, listen to me. I've made my career being someone's second choice. I have, I have, uh, they have recast, um, using me in, in many a role. And, um, they're like, you know what? Rosenbaum is probably available. (laughs) Let's get him to do it. I don't, I don't mind it. Um, I think I got frustrated and my ego definitely was up there with, you know, I should be getting bigger roles. This is really, that's the way I thought. Yeah. Come on. 
just watch some of my shit. Do I really need to audition for this? Come on, watch it. Get cocky yeah. in my head. Yeah. And I tell my agent, I go, send him the reel. What the fuck? I mean, send him the scene. What can I do? And then I realize no matter who you are, no matter what you're doing, you got to prove yourself. Mm -hmm. And unless you're De Niro, I realized that years ago. And then that, you know, I kind of, it, it makes you a little bit more. What's the word, Ryan? It makes you feel, it makes humble? you more. Well, it's definitely, definitely more humble. <laughs> yes. It's, it, it's humbling to think, hey, who the fuck are you, dude? Yeah, you did some good work. You did some great work. But you know what? If you want to do more great work, you're going to have to fucking bust your ass for it like everybody else does. And that's what I did realize. Right. And also just keeping those muscles active, like doing these indie films that feel good, you know, for your soul and, I, and I, trying yeah. new things out. I mean, for, for Handmaids, I, I booked it. I had to do three auditions. And I was two days out from my days, starting my days on set, pandemic hit. I waited seven months with all of those scenes in my head with Elizabeth, freaking the fuck out for seven for months. For seven months, running you were torturing yourself. Yeah, yeah. And then you killed it. That's what I'm hearing, but um, I was petrified. You watched and it. I, I can't watch. But you watched yourself in Handmaids. I can't watch all of it. I just How through. How are you? How did you like yourself? I thought I did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> but I was That's Elizabeth. Right. I was terrified. Well, you know She's what? Amazing. Getting on a hit show. See, I never understood that. Like guest stars, that is the hardest fucking thing. I've never had to really experience that. You're the new kid in school. I, I don't know if I could deal with just coming on a set and everybody's like, hey, this fucker. I, uh, I hope he's fucking knows lines. I hope he's fucking. And I'm just, it's mm -hmm. in my head. I'm like, fucking, I just want to, you know what I mean? And then you have to just, and action. Oh, uh, can we replace him? Is, there, <laughs> is Rosenbaum available? <laughs> this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know how many times I have to talk about this, but it's so important. If you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do, it's going to come out and it's not going to come out in great ways all the time. Um, BetterHelp has helped me substantially. Ryan here has been using it for a while. And I, you know, don't you notice when you don't use BetterHelp? When you don't have therapy. Oh, the weeks where I miss a session? Of course, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's like the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up and it puts your mind at ease. And we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small. And at times we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash inside inside of you is brought to you by rocket money i love rocket money you know why because everyone should have rocket money because it just helps you save money how many times do we have subscriptions that we don't even know we have anymore and we're paying so much money it's just throwing away money ryan 
I I found one. You and you did it. You told I me I got Rocket Money. Like <laughs> I found one. It. I'm embarrassed to say how long it's been going on, but thank you for finding it. <laughs> My God, it was embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, because it's like you want to watch some show and you go, oh, I have to subscribe to this uh, this streaming dev- uh, whatever, mm-hmm. and you you start streaming the show, you watch it, you leave, and you forget. After this trial period, it kicks in and they're charging you 10 bucks a month. It is embarrassing. You know, 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about. Before I started using Rocket Money, I thought I had, you know, like, oh, I have like five subscriptions. I could not believe it when they showed me I was paying for like four extra uh, between, you know, streaming advices and fitness apps, delivery services. It's never ending. And thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lowering your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with the customer service for you. I like that. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash inside. That's rocketmoney.com slash inside. Rocketmoney.com slash inside. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Adidas, Walmart, Nike, Wine.com, Samsung, Lenovo, Sephora, and more. And even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use. And you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers. And Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Has there ever been a time when someone wasn't kind to you as when you were a guest star and you felt like they were just a little um, condescending or like, oh, you're the pretty guest star. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely have felt that. And it wasn't just you feeling that or thinking like it was you felt that was what I'm saying. Yeah. And it wasn't exactly that way. It was a show where the lead, I don't think, wanted me there. Mm. So we did all of her coverage. And then when they turned around on me, she told me her stand in was going to do her lines she was going to go home so it was Ooh, wasn't like it was like a what? respect thing it was Who like was a, it? i'm not gonna say i know you're not gonna say it was worth a shot yeah jeez can you imagine but i've had other bad you know i i did it i did an hbo show that i left i didn't go back and they apologized for what had happened what happened the little me too stuff really and I, yeah, I didn't return and, and, and I was like, oh God, they're never going to, HBO is never going to work with me again. And it was just that particular did you set. Did you say it? Did you mention it on social media? Mm-hmm. Mention it? Uh, no, it but- wasn't a, it wasn't like a direct, direct thing. It was, it was, 
Anyway. Something made you uncomfortable. Yes. Very uncomfortable. Yes. And you said, I'm not coming back. I don't feel safe. I wish I, I went to my hotel room that night and called my agent and I was shaking. Oh, um, my God, but again, sorry. it wasn't a direct thing. It was the environment of the show and what they were doing, especially with like sudden rewrites where you're doing something that wasn't scripted, was not appropriate. Right. Um, but it wasn't HBO. It was that environment. Whomever was running the show was allowing that. Right. So Oy. I've had different situations. When you go on a show like Supergirl, right? Mm hmm. If you go on a show in Supergirl and you played Supergirl, mm -hmm. that's got to be a weird thing to say, okay, I'm going to be a guest star on a show called Supergirl when I was Supergirl in Smallville. And then was that, was that a fun experience? Yep. It was. Yep. Okay. So you, we don't want to talk about this. <laughs> we don't want to talk about this because I talked to Erica Durant, who was on there and, you know, um, she said it was fine. It was fine. Were the people nice? Some of them, yeah. Some of them were really nice. Yeah, yeah. Made and, you feel nice. Yeah. And some and of them didn't. Some of them didn't. The, the The character was fun. I was blue and I was a villain and it was very different. I'm parlaying. I'm <laughs> just like blue. pivoting. Yeah, you could do I'm it. I'm pivoting. You could do it. You were blue. I was blue. All right. Uh, it's It's got to be. Like, I, I don't think I could do it. Like, for I instance, think you could. if there was a show called Lex Luthor and then they said, hey, we want you to come in to play a character. I, I don't know. I don't know if I'd feel... I'd, it depends. My ego would say, I, there's only one. <laughs> there's only one fucking Lex Luthor. That's what my ego would say. <laughs> right. But if it was a good enough role, maybe I would think differently. But if I got on set and I was people were acting a little weird to me or something, and it's always different for guys. Guys have it a lot easier. Women don't. Women, it's not easy. It's not easy always having to look great and always having to be thin and always having mm. to... You know, it's all about your looks and, you know, guys could grow a beard and, and go, oh, I think I got an audition. Haven't you had four beers? Uh, uh, no one gives a shit. I hate shaving my beard, but I have to do it all the time. <laughs> I hate shaving my beard. I do it every day. Uh, yeah, I have a new segment I'm, I'm calling. It's, it's, it's called How You Doing? How you doing? This is a mental health check-in. Just how you doing? And it could be anything. So, Laura, how you doing? That's such a broad question. Well, ultimately, how you feeling? How you're, for instance, Ryan, how you doing? Doing okay. I'm writing notes. That's not really what I meant. <laughs> uh, um, but. I'm, 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 I'm doing well. Um, in a much better place than the last time I was here. Yeah. I just started listening to my gut. It changes everything. Listening to your gut. Mm -hmm. Your gut always knows, doesn't it? It does, and you always think oh no i think you're yeah. wrong how often do we date someone and your gut says get out yeah but you say there's just this attraction and maybe my gut's wrong and i'm just like what i and, yeah. just, and you end up right where you knew you'd end up yeah five years yep <laughs> i'm sorry was that not a personal story huh okay. you but were you I mean, so you do you but do you have a propensity to i like this word to date actors mostly date actors don't you um, people in the industry. Yeah. Would you rather not? Why do you do that? I don't want to date any more actors. Excuse you. Excuse me. Why do you, <laughs> I forgot you could hear it because of the microphones. Why do you, why do you think you do that? Why do you think, um, honestly, it's just the only people that I meet. Right. Also, I like the energy. I like personality. I like quirkiness. And you, you don't often get that if you're going to date a banker, you know, 
and and they don't understand the lifestyle. They don't understand the weird things that we do as actors to prepare. You know, like I I go to dark places. Like what I, places I, do you go? How dark can you get? I don't know how to answer that. Well, I mean, is it one of those things where you're drinking a, a half a fifth of whiskey and you're listening to <laughs> Mousy Star for 40 minutes straight and you're going, I fucking hate it. I hate my life. I, hate I just don't know who I am anymore. I mean, what is it? What happens? I would say like 50% that, but it's more like red wine. Um, no, I just, I just, <laughs> I just sort of separate myself from society and like shut off for a little bit. That's, I, I have my, you know, my tools. What's the go-to if you want a good cry? And we know a lot of times we want a good cry, so we do something that would provoke a good cry. Like, there's a certain song, if it played, that I could cry to it. Which one? Fade Into You by Mousy Star. <laughs> that is a song that's a, that's a trigger. Uh, maybe Sailing, Christopher Cross. I could mm -hmm. definitely tear up on that is one. Is it Big World by... Uh, what's, oh, God. You guys tears, for oh, Fear. tears for Fears. Is it Tears for Fears? Mad World. Mad World. Yeah. Mad World. Yeah. That's one that I always listen to before a heavy scene. And you can get going. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you, you know, my, my, my therapist would say, I think you feed into it a little bit. I think you're like self-aware. It's mm -hmm. like, here I go into my darkness and this is kind of cool and it's good to feel dark. And, mm -hmm. and in so many words, I don't think I'm articulating it well. But I understand what you're saying. Do you do that? I used to. Yeah. And then I realized it was super unhealthy. <laughs> it is. So now it's, it's just like, like I said, you, you have to just have a spot in you that you can go into and. It's it's easier. You don't have to sit in it for months, you know, while you're shooting something. My uh, therapist also said, you know what? Listen to Mazzy Star fade into you. And I go, really? She goes, yeah. Once. <laughs> listen <laughs> to it once. Repeat. Don't listen to it five times. You're torturing yourself. Mm -hmm. So that's why I don't date actors anymore. Why? Because they're just, they're too much. Well, are you saying I'm too much? Yes. Yes. Well, we, we dated. Yeah, we did. And we're still good friends. We are. That took, it took a while. It took a little while, but yeah. there was, um, I think there's more, there's an understanding, a very good understanding that we have with each other now, mm -hmm. but also it wasn't, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was a time. It was a nice time. It, it, we had some great times. Yeah. I, I just moved to LA and you, similar to when we were shooting in Vancouver, you were the first person to kind of reach out and say, I got you. And took me out on the town. So yeah, we both had significant others at the time. I was dating someone. Mm -hmm. You were dating someone. It was very, very just friendly. And but again, you were a guest star, and I was like, you know, it's not a guest star. You season seven. You were. Uh, you didn't know how many times you were going to recur. I don't remember. Supergirl. Do you miss the conventions? Do you miss going to cons? Um, I feel like the the thing I dislike the most about conventions, I'm still doing, which is traveling. Um, but I do miss meeting the people. I miss like hanging out with you guys in the green room and doing the panels and shooting you with Nerf guns in and my all eye. That stuff you in almost fucking eye. took out my eye. I'm still I didn't get your eye. I got your head and you had just had neck surgery. So I shouldn't have. Done I that. think you got me in the eye. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know you are. Uh, but other than that, like I just did a live, um, signing. We're starting to do these live conventions on Instagram. I did it yesterday and people buy the items on streamily.com. Was it good? Yeah. So streamily.com slash hang on, I gotta pitch. Oh yeah, I'm this. sorry, pitch it, pitch it, ah. pitch it. Streamily.com slash Laura Vandervoort, and you can buy your posters, your eight by tens. I'm gonna start selling um some of the paintings people saw me doing 
they wanted to buy. Um, we're going to sell some old scripts on there, but I'm going to do live signings. I'm going to schedule them like maybe once a month. People really? can tune in and watch me sign their items and then we send it. I, I miss cons. I, I, I do. I miss the people. I miss there's just this mutual respect and love and a great energy. And, you know, it's nice. It's nice to go to these places and, you know, see people that you've seen before and there's, you know, they're fans. And... But also you feed off of energy. Yeah, like, that's you true. You like that. I You're like extroverted. Energy. For me, it's like I can do it, but then I need recovery time. It drains. I enjoy it, but it well, drains. Look, uh, for me, by the end of these days, I'm absolutely spent. And that's because I give so much of myself that within an hour i'm like yay what's going on how are you on my game just, it's just i want everybody to feel special mm-hmm. and at the end of the day you're just you're wiped out if you do it well if you do yeah. it the right way if you're just sit there and sign and don't talk to people and like oh don't ask him that or don't he's not going to do that why go to these fucking cons I mean, we've seen you see those some actors of these. we've that seen do some that. of these guys who's your favorite actor you've worked with that you really were like this guy's a professional and just fun or girl or or, or actor did i say what this i said guy oh i said guy you said actor and then this guy it's fine what's the actor um just <laughs> uh, actor's fine for both yeah. um i mean elizabeth moss just blows me away just because she's an ep and director and the lead and i watched her like seamlessly flow between those roles and and graciously and humble and and kind, so watching her was incredible. Um, and then Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I worked with when I was younger, and he blew me away. Really? Yeah. What about Ian Summerholder? He's lovely. Yeah, he yeah. seems like a lovely guy. Uh, he was on Smallville, and he was uh, God, that guy's got a big following, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. I don't know who that is. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> Vampire Diaries. One of the guys. You know what? Last time we talked about um, that whole thing with, um, you know, the Nexium. Yeah. The whole She's going on trial, I think. This Allison, month. she is. Yeah. And I remember we talked about that, but we, I hadn't really seen Nexium, the, the show, what was it called? The, the, vow, uh, the, vow, the, the vow. The Vow. There's two. Right. The vow. I hadn't seen it. Were you blown away when you watched it? Yeah, I was. How did you feel after watching that? Sad. Sad. Yeah. <sighs> Sad for her, but also um, hurt that she came for me too. So were you close to doing it, you think? I wasn't not. I mean, she invited me. It was that weekend. I just couldn't afford to do it. Do you think you could have gone through? Because when you watch the first episode, I've said this before in a podcast. I was like, I'm in. I'm fucking in. These people are motivational. They're here to help you. They're supportive. They invite you in. And if you're at all vulnerable you could easily slip inside this this world and think this is going to help me be the best i can be and unfortunately and i think that's why everybody got into it and then all this shit happens and it makes you just question everything you also wonder if while you're in it you would re- how quickly you would realize what it was yeah that's scary like it it took them a while um yeah it uh it and I wasn't close with Allison, so I, I struggled with my feelings about it because I had always wanted to get to know her when we were shooting. Yeah, and then the one time she did reach out to me years after Smallville was for that, so it was kind of a weird. What year I was felt that? For her, God, uh, I just moved to LA because she she found out I had just moved. So it was 2010, 11. Yeah, I don't know. And was it a big sell? 
Was it like a... No, it was a very soft sell. It, like in terms of, oh, it's just, you know, you come and join us and we'll give you books and it's a women's group and it's this much money. And it, and you thought about it. I thought about it. I also thought it sounded odd. I was like, there's something weird here because she's never talked to me before. <laughs> you know? <laughs> she really never talked to you on the set? She she would in passing. Like We never really had scenes together. She was so. pleasant to you, but not overtly. Yeah. She didn't need to be. We never worked together. I never spent time with her. Which right. is why it was odd when she reached out. How did you feel about? I think it was. I was just in denial with Tom. We were just like, nah. I really didn't pay attention to it for a while until it was in everyone's face around the news. I mean, you and knew her well, so. Well, I didn't know her well. I was on set with her. We did scenes together. I directed her. Um, she was always sweet. She was always always knew her lines. Always gave a hundred percent. It was a joy to work with. Um. You never think in a million years that that would happen. And you could you go back, though, and you look back and you're like, huh, like you saw that she needed attention. But I'm like, OK, I need attention. You need attention. We all need attention. But I don't know what she was. I didn't know her well enough because it was obvious that she needed something. She needed something else. And I don't think it was what it ended up being. I think she just thought. I need some, I want to be loved. I want to be in a group that I feel comfortable yeah, with. She didn't go into I want to be knowing. the best I can be. She didn't go in knowing, of course mm -hmm. not. So you can't falter for that. Exactly. I think she just got lost. It's kind of like a breakup in that you think you know someone and then you find out they cheated. And then you go back moment by moment trying to figure out where things were starting to unravel. Mm -hmm. So for her, when you say you were going back thinking about her on set over the years, it's, it's that, it's the same thing. Yeah. Do you, are your parents the kind of folks that give you a call after so they saw you in something and say, you were just great. We loved you. Do you get that from both your mom and dad? Um, my dad communicates through my mom, i.e. my mom takes, you know, the electronic device and texts me. Uh, my dad's not much of a texter. So your mom doesn't call you and say, we saw Handmaid's Tale. She, yeah, she will. It's, it's oftentimes just like a WhatsApp. Um, and then when I see her in person, she'll say it as well. Oh, so she does. She gives, yeah. she commends you. They, she they've been support. Like they, I started when I was 12. Support. I was 12. They, she was along the journey with me. So for, for her now, she still wants to read scripts and I send her them. I'm, I took this project. Do you want to read it? Yeah. So I, you know, she, she, she read and she reads and she mm -hmm. gives, does she give any notes? Yeah. She'll give notes on things I write as well. She likes to help correct grammar. And your dad doesn't get too involved. No, my dad's, my dad, uh, he's very supportive. They both are, but my dad's more stand off with that stuff, I guess. What about when you, you know, things like if you're, what's the word? Unclothed. <laughs> or like, for instance, you did a PETA thing years ago. Yeah, we don't need to talk. No, but you were like, you know, you did it because it was, you were trying to help mm -hmm. raise money for, for animals and things mm -hmm. like that. We get it. And you did it. And it was just kind of like, but was he bothered by like, you know, I didn't like that you didn't, weren't wearing these clothes or. We just didn't talk about it. You never talked about it. No, my mom, I, I don't, I don't know if he up. ever saw it. They knew I was doing it. My mom saw it. Um, but no, I never talked about it with him. It, yeah. If there's projects that they want to watch that I'm in and there's like an inappropriate thing, I'll just say, just be aware. Now, if you ever had to show your bosoms, this took a turn. No, it didn't. If you had <laughs> ever had to show like some, if I had to show my Wang Chung, you know, if I had to show something we're on Howard Stern now, guys. would you, would you No, we're not on Howard Stern. Would you, I'm just saying, would you tell your parents? Well, no, yeah. 
I would tell them. You would. I would tell my mom, who would then eventually pass it on to my dad, so I don't have to directly tell him. But right. I also don't do those roles. Well, I mean, look, if somebody asked me if it was, it was Spielberg had a role and he's like, listen, we're going to see your schnitzel. And, you know, and this is I would probably say, hey, mom and dad, I don't want you to see this movie because I really feel uncomfortable if you saw me, my wiener. Because if there's one thing that Steven Spielberg is known for is that asking wieners. his actors to... <laughs> Shuffle, yeah. well, drop somebody, I'm just wondering how you tell your parents. Like for me, I would be like, "Oh my god, I don't want them to see this." Yeah, you just tell them, "Don't, don't watch it." Even if it's a little provocative, like I've had some sex scenes in Smallville that I, I think got a little heated. I don't know if they cut, but I remember saying, "Don't watch this episode." Right. That's Not fine. that they did, <laughs> but I, but I felt uncomfortable. I feel kind of, you know, my my family's kind of weird like that. I don't feel comfortable kissing someone in front of them. Of course. I would Mine's have a cigarette in front of my parents. Yeah. Maybe my mom. Right. Do your parents, do you smoke in front of your parents? You vape? Do they know you vape? They know I vape. Are you trying to stop that? Yes. It's bad. It is bad. But it's better you, than smoking. Some would too. say. I don't know. Yes. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Let's talk about um, yeah, on, bring, bring let's talk up. about COVID and the pandemic and how you did as an extroverted person who likes to have friends around all the time. Was that really tough for you? I was thinking about that. You know what I did? I ordered a ton of food from the grocery store. I loaded up the refrigerator and I took pictures of the refrigerator of all the food that was in there. And I ate a lot and I cooked a lot. Why did you take pictures of it? Because I just loved having a stocked fridge. Okay. Just so it was awesome. just for personal reference. Yeah, I just was like, wow, look at this. So like man. you'd I lay got, in bed at night and scroll through yeah, your photos of your fridge. I got root beer and I got Sprite and I got, you know, I've got like all these lined up cans. It was like a concession stand. It was right. just like all these chips and I had oranges, grapefruits, lemons. I had so much good stuff in there that I just wanted to take a picture of all the great stuff I had. That doesn't answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of what I did. I watched no, a lot of I'm movies. I'm not asking about what, what you did. I'm asking how you doing. I struggled. I struggled. I struggled like a lot of people, and a lot of people struggled way more than I did, but I definitely struggled for my mental health. It yeah. wasn't great. It wasn't great not conversing with people, not uh, hanging out with people, but I did have my friend Rob who, uh, or he had COVID early on, so once he got through that, I felt safe with him, and we started recording a lot of music. Yep. And playing music, and that saved me. That was my savior, and a lot of darkness and things. It was very cathartic to to write, you know, the album for Sunspin. Um, I don't know if you heard the album yet. No. But you should. I think you'd like it. I we worked hard on it. I know. I mean, I know a lot happened to you during COVID. Yeah. So. Well, I lost my grandfather, yeah. but he was right before COVID started. So I lost Irvin on Thanksgiving, right the November before. So just months before that. 
the last thing I did was I went with Tom Welling to Mexico to sign autographs. Mm. And that's when they were starting to like, wear masks. Don't wear masks. Wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Rosenbaum, why aren't you wearing a mask? It was mm. kind of like nobody knew what the hell was going on. They're going to lock down LA. I left a day early for Mexico. Boom. Jetted, jetted home. And next thing I know, I am in my home for a week. And then I go, oh, this is going to be done. And I remember the conversations. Every day you'd have conversations. Oh, yeah. We'll be done with this in a month. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Two months. Oh my God. It's never ending. And then my grandma calling me and crying and I miss my, my Irvy and then me. It was an emotional roller. It was a lot. It was a lot. And I haven't. Um, you still talking to a therapist? Um, I do. I need to see one more, but I see, uh, I see my therapist and, um, you know, I get lost. I get lost sometimes and I feel like you just can't be helped. And then mm. I feel like you're an idiot. Of course you could be helped. This is exactly mentality that you cannot have that when you're talking to people on the podcast and you're like you know you can get through this this is the only life we get it is true man it's like as far as we know this is it we have to do whatever it takes and if you don't take a step forward if you don't take a walk if you don't take a little hike if you don't go play with your dog if you don't do things that make you happy make you smile if you don't do these things yes you are going to go down a black hole you are going to downward spiral and there's no getting you out of it unless you take that first step. Mm-hmm. And so I do that, man. I, I find myself down low. And then one thing will trigger a response. I'll go, wow, I did that. And I felt good. Well, why don't you do it again? Yeah. And that's what I do. Did you? How, how were you? Um, I So I was helping my sister with her kids. But uh, then I went and did a project and had in Vancouver or no, in Ontario. We were the first production back in Ontario. Like a month there or whatever it is, four months into the, the pandemic. And uh, so I had to rent an apartment. So I was separate from her and the kids. And my first quarantine of 14 days, this will, I saw that, this will be my fourth quarantine going back because Canada's still in lockdown. So my first quarantine of 14 days was in a small apartment on the 20th floor in the winter. I was super depressed. Um, and that's when I wrote my first film. So you I just was I just leaned into it and you did the work is what you did yeah you knew that this is what I have to do I have to create something or this is going to get bad get worse get worse yeah well I'm I'm super proud of you if it if it means anything I I I really am I always want to see you thrive I always want to see you happy thank you and it just makes me it really makes me happy when I hear that you're doing nice things and you're taking care of yourself um, it's time for shit talking with Laura Vandervoort. These are fan questions my, from my lovely Patreon. If you want to join Patreon, patreon.com slash inside of you. I'll message you after. And uh, it's a wonderful family. And, and check it out, patreon.com slash inside of you. This is from Colima G. Which one would you rather have? The ability to understand and talk to animals or the ability to speak and understand all languages? Animals. I think the ability to speak and understand all languages. I got to go with that one, Ryan. <laughs> I might have to go languages too. Wouldn't it be great to just go to Dang. like freaking uh give me the 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 Bangkok or what's what's a, a, sub, a Thai? Sub, suburbia? Not suburbia, uh sur, Serbia. <laughs> suburbia is a movie. What languages do you, you think okay? you're gonna I told you I'm you street can't smart. speak English yet. No, no, so. it's what's that big frozen country? Uh Norway. No, it's it's not even it's part of Russia. Oh, uh Siberia. Siberia. Like to go to <laughs> Siberia and just start talking to someone or be in like Vietnam or be what just to be able to understand everybody. 
that's the key to happiness in this world, man. If we could just understand communication too. Communication. But also, how great would it be to be able to talk to your dog? I do every day. Yeah, but to actually want to go to doggy park. She will go crazy. <laughs> you should go with me to doggy park. Leanne P, fondest memory of your time on Smallville. I want to say my first time in the harness flying. Really? Yeah. And then on like that was by myself. Um, there was a moment where they had me on the water tower and I stand up and I do like the Supergirl thing and I felt pretty cool. Um, otherwise it was probably when Tom was directing and you had to get shot. That whole thing was quite an experience for me. Oh yeah. Or were you directing? No, Tom, no, was, directing. Tom was directing. Okay. He got a reaction out of you. Yeah. And squib, but he didn't tell you. And he was like, bam. You're like, holy shit. Yeah. He scared the shit out of me. He did it. He did a couple times. Tom, you're a prick. Kelly S. This is, well, I don't know why I'm reading this one. While working on the set of Smallville, did you have any conflicts or issues with Michael? Don't be a smart ass. No. Although I did think you were really charming and, and sweet and cute. Is that a conflict? Well, it was conflict for me. Oh. It was conflicting. Okay. I remember the day you brought your girlfriend to set and my boyfriend was on set. We were both like, hey. That? <laughs> it was just like, yeah, you can be attracted to other people. It's healthy to be in a relationship and be attracted to other people. That's just yeah. the way. That's life, man. Yeah. Matt W., was your spaceship on Smallville CGI or did they actually build it out of foam or something like that? My spaceship? Did I have a spaceship? I don't know. I'm not going questions for I, you. I, didn't, I don't think I had a spaceship unless I'm forgetting Wasn't something. Wasn't there a ship in some barn or some factory? <laughs> I'm going to say CGI. CGI. And it, and if we were, if we had scenes in it, it was a practical. I do remember a scene with Allison and something mechanical. All right. Might have been a ship. Was it tangible? Was it real? Can you touch it? Yeah. Okay. Little Lisa, what's been your most memorable moment at a con? Oh, probably. Um, <laughs> this is just something I heard at a convention. The, the seats were filling up for one of our panels. I don't know if you were there or heard this. And I guess two people were fighting over a seat and someone took their pen out and poked the other guy in the eye. Like pocket protector pen got him in the eye just to get the seat. Did they kick him out of the that's con? That's not my favorite moment. That's just that's, a memorable one. That's an intense moment on the, at the con. <laughs> that's my seat. I'm here to see Kara. It's Kara, right? Uh, Kara or Kara. Kara. Um, I, I'm sure I have more memorable ones. Usually it's just like green room stuff, though. Jeremy C., I, I already answered this, or she answered this. Who is your favorite actor, actress to work with? And she said Elizabeth Moss. Mm -hmm. So there you go. What about you? I've had so many people that I thought were great to work with. I just remember Clint Eastwood as a director was so sweet. Made me feel so good. What it was did my he first direct you on? Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. I just mm. remember it goes, you know, I had to cry in this one thing. And, you know, they end up cutting that scene. But I remember he... It was my first moment. Spacey's there and John Cusack's there and I have to cry. And it's after this courtroom scene and I'm sitting there and I'm just listening to Fleetwood Mac in my headphones trying to Good choice. think of like, you know, something sad and my grandma. And, and he comes over and he sits next to me and he just kind of puts his hands on his face and he goes, pretends he's crying. He's like, oh, gosh. And I'm like, uh, what are you doing, Clint? And he goes, well, I'm just trying to make you loosen up a little bit. <laughs> And I kind of smiled and he goes, oh, just, we've got all day. Just let this happen naturally. Just, you know, when you're ready, you let me know. Oh, it's going to be great. It's amazing. And he got up and he walked away. And I kind of just from there got the confidence. And I remember looking at him about a minute later and he was behind the camera and I, and he gives me a thumbs up. He goes, and I go yeah. thumbs up. There was no action said. He looked at his DP, he said, Jack, 
and he did that little rolling sound mm-hmm. with his finger. And all of a sudden, everything started to go in place. Mm-hmm. The lights, the this, the, the camera. The, everybody was where they needed to be, where they had to be. And we went in, and he pushed in on me, pushed on me. He goes, all right, well, how'd that feel? And I go, well, how did, how did you feel? And he goes, well, it felt great to me. And I go, do you want another one? I go, okay. <laughs> we did one more. And like in the, he was just so sweet. He goes, Michael, that was fantastic. On the next take, I want to recognize the jury a little bit, like in the courtroom scene. Mm-hmm. And just like little notes, little things. He didn't come at me with it. You know, like you got to do this. You got to do this. One thing. or two things, gentle, relaxed atmosphere. I was at my best. I think that's one of my, uh, one of my better performances because I was really relaxed and comfortable and confident. That's the thing it, um, that I've been finding. It's, it's obviously the environment of the set. It's, it's the level of which the director talks to you. But for me, it's, it's someone checking in if you're okay. There's something triggering to that. Hey, you're okay. You yeah. Know? You're like, Oh God. Yeah, no, I'm fine. And and it immediately just like makes you want to, get emotional because someone's checking in on you yeah. you know like if i do a crying scene and then the director comes over after and is like that was great do you want another one and i'm like no i'm okay do you want water no i'm fine are you okay as soon as they ask if i'm okay i ball you have to know what each actor needs some yeah. actors i don't need i don't want you near me i don't yeah. need you i got this some actors need a little love some actors need a little that's just who we are yeah. as humans we all need different things i remember allison on smallville i was directing an episode i remember she came up and she had to cry in the scene and she goes michael he just and we're about to roll. Hold me or hug no, me. No, no. She just said, "Will you tell me that story about your grandmother?" But my grandmother Ruthie passed, mm-hmm. and I started to tell her the story, and all of a sudden her eyes just went watery. Mm-hmm. And I go, "Let's go, roll cameras at you know in action," and and it just was like a really nice moment. Yes. Lisa H, I absolutely loved you in the remake of V. I think mm-hmm. the dynamic of your character, the dynamic your character was so dynamic, it was so interesting. What was your favorite memory of working on that show? And did you feel the cancellation of it was premature? And that was from who? Uh, that was from Lisa H. Hello, Lisa H. Mm. Um, thank you. V was an interesting beast because um, my character, Lisa, basically was a lizard um, in human skin. So I wasn't allowed to emote very much, which was interesting. Everything had to be very calculated and subtle. Um, I had a lot of fun playing the role. Uh, I do think it was, it ended too soon. We had a great following. It was ABC. People were loving it, but I just think, you know, they didn't know where to take it. The producers weren't communicating. We got a call. We got three calls in one day. Hey, we're getting, we're just going to be a mini series. Hey, we're going to get another season. Hey, we just got canceled. And that was like hours apart. So they, it, no one knew what was happening and we still don't know why it was. Were you heartbroken? Canceled. Uh, at the time, you know, because I was like, this is probably going to be my last job. We always think that. Yeah. Tom, and what's your favorite prop you kept from TVs or movies? I no longer have it because I sold everything off to fund my film. Really? Um, I did, yeah. What was the biggest seller? My Kryptonian bracelet. How much? I can't remember. A thousand. I think it was like two, but I, I'd have 2, to check. 000. Maybe I should sell my Lex Luthor. It's actually a... Uh, it's the trench coat that I wore when I was Zod. Yeah, I saw. They, they built for me. I wonder if I sold that for charity. I could, yeah. I could do one of my charities and give it to charity. That'd be great. I sold off our crew warm-up jacket that said Smallville season seven. Anything that I could do to create this film that I wanted to, I was oh, like willing yeah. to part with that stuff. Although I'm, I'm fairly sad about it. But 
Um, what are you What are you looking for for the for the, in the, in the future? The, <laughs> what do you What do you want? Like, what do you do? You want to just continue working? I mean, obviously, you want a family. You mm-hmm. still want a family and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Yeah. We don't need to get into that. But I mean, what makes you happy? What makes you What gives you joy? Family brings me joy. Um, that's such a, it's a loaded question. It is. It's a tough one. It I, wasn't a very I, good one either. No, it wasn't very good. Mm-mm, wasn't my best. No, we're used to that though. It's okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, that's a tough one. I think I'm, 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 I'm going towards the things that bring me joy right now. So I can be, I can swim in it rather than visit it. I think your gut reaction when you said family, I think, boom, yeah. that was it. I think that's where you and get not the biggest. just my family, like the potential of my own. Potentially your own family. Yeah. When you and can... work and work and work and like, I need work. I'm never going to stop working. That's a passion. Right. I think when you care about someone else and you take care of someone else, like a child, and they become the center of attention, and you're not the center of attention anymore. I think that will become something special for for anyone who has a kid. I assume that's. I think my mother loved us, but my mother is still she was young when she had all of us, and she was always the center of attention. And that that's not you have to give that up. I don't like being the center of attention anyway. I like taking care of people and things. You know, that's my dog is <laughs> and things and things like my dog. Yeah. Um. So I don't think that would be a rough transition for me. I think more so it's like trying to find where to, how to separate the focus. Because when I work, I'm all in. Right. So it's finding the balance. Well, this has been easy and fun, wasn't it? Are we done? I think so. I mean, what, what was your, uh, what's your handle so people could follow you? Uh, on Instagram, it's super Vandy. Although guys, I'm trying to get my name. So if you can help me, I don't know how to do that. Someone has it. Either Someone has Laura Vandervoort. Someone has Laura Vandervoort. Yeah, Someone has the Laura Vandervoort official. It and it won't fit on, on Twitter. That's why mine's the, the, mine's Michael Rosen bum. I couldn't fit an A in there. So I had to put bum on Twitter. It's appropriate though. Thank you. You show that often. Thank you. And Twitter is Vandykins22. Mm, there you go. Mm. Anything uh, you want to say that's coming out? You just worked on this film? I just worked on this film. Um, my the, the film I've just directed will be hopefully getting into festivals. What's that called? In the coming year, My Soul to Take. My Soul to Take. Uh, our Instagram for that is My Soul to Take Film. Follow it, guys. Follow Check it. it out. She's worked very hard. She sold yeah. all her Smallville memorabilia to make it. Oh, sad day. Yeah. Day. But I made um, a film, so it's all worth it. It's all worth it. Your dreams are coming true. Yes. Well, I hope the rest of your dreams come true. Thank you. You too. And uh, it's we can always, do this. Yeah. I, I think, you know, we can do it. Right, Indy? It's Indiana Jones if you're watching. If not, you don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, Laura, thank you for allowing me to be inside of you. This was awesome. I, I love that it. it's live. It's you're here with mm-hmm. me. It's different, isn't it, Ryan? Do you find it awkward? Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not ready. Oh my God. <laughs> touch him. Uh, Laura just touched Ryan. Everything's just going out of control. I'm now. going back to Canada in lockdown and I can't be near anyone. So this is, yeah. this is the most I'll get. So thank you. Well guys, this was a pleasure. It was fun. It's always having uh, always a good time. Hopefully every couple of years you'll come back. Yeah. Anytime I'm in LA, if it's not too soon, we'll do it again. All right. We'll Thanks. see you. Uh, I thought Laura was really good today. I thought she, uh, you know, she, you think she's not going to say much. You you think she's not going to tell it how it is, but she she can't help herself. She's like me. She just got if she doesn't like something, she says it. If something happened, she kind of insinuates. I like having her on the show. I want to have her on the show as you know at least you know once a year or something like that. Uh, there's a few guests that I like to have on, like the Stephen Amells, the Tom Wellings, the maybe the Kristen Crooks, the old the old gang from Smallville, Erica. Um, 
But uh, and I also appreciate you guys always chiming in saying you should get this guest. It's not that I don't listen. It's that I try and a lot of times I fail. Remember, I get 99% of my guests. I email them or I get their email from someone and then I message them like Keenan Thompson from SNL. Hey, Keenan, you don't know me, but you worked with my friend so-and-so. And I was just wondering if you did. Hello? Hello? <laughs> but, uh, you know. So you didn't get Keenan Thompson is what you're saying? No, not yet, but I'm going to keep trying. I love him. I think he's hilarious. Isn't he funny? That'd be great. It'd be great. Would, yeah. That would make my day. I'm trying for Keenan. I'm trying for, I've tried for Jack Black. I've tried for people. But uh, anyway, it was a good episode, and I really appreciate Laura. Uh, again, if you want to join Patreon, patreon.com slash inside of you. Uh, also, any merch on the Inside of You online store um, and sunspin.com for any band merch. Why don't we read the names off? Let's do it. These are my lovely patrons, top-tier patrons who give back to the show in more ways than one. Nancy. D. Barry. No, Mary. Mary F. No, Mary B. Mary B. Leah. You threw me. <laughs> uh, S. Trisha. F. Sarah. V. Little. Lisa. U. Kiko. Jill. E. Brian. H. Lauren. G. Nico. P. Robin. S. Jerry. W. Robert. B. Jason. W. Apoth. Theon. Kristen. K. Amelia. O. Allison. L. Lucas. M. Raj. C. You had got the whole first page. I don't know if you could do any more. Joshua. D. Emily. S. CJ. P. Samantha. M. Jennifer. P. N. Je you're right. Jennifer N. Jackie. P. Stacy. L. Carly. H. Carly. I. S. You. <sighs> that's got to be a record. Carly S. Jen S. Jamal F. Janelle B. Tab of the 272. Not to be confused with. Tab of the 273. Ashley Ryan. Kimberly E. Mikey. Eldon Supremo. 99 more. Ramira. Santiago M. Sarah F. Chad W. Leanne P. Ray A, Maya P, Maddie S, Kendrick F, Ashley E, Shannon D, Matt W, Belinda N, Kevin V, James R, Chris H, Dave H, Samantha S, Spider-Man Chase, Sheila G, Ray H, Tabitha T, Tom N, Suzanne B. Um, these glasses really help. I could read better. You look great. Liliana A, Michelle K, Marcus W, Hannah B, Michael S, Talia M, Andrew T, Betsy D, Claire M, Liz J, Laura L, Chad L, Rochelle Nathan E, Taylor K, Marion S, Meg K, Janelle P, Trev L, Dan N, Diane R, Ajeta, Ajeta, Lorraine G, Corey M, Veronica K, yes, Big Stevie W, Kendall T, T, Carol from down the street D, Sandy B, Angel M, Eric C, Rhiannon C, Stephen M, Corey K, Super Sam, Emily C, Sherry S. Coleman G, David C, Michelle A, Matt W, Liz L, Jeremy C, Andy T, Cody R, and Chris E. Uh, thanks. That, that's the show. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Please subscribe. Do all that you got to do. Spread the word. Get people to listen. Um, you know, it's we're in this love together. We're in this love together. There was a song. We're in this love together. We got the God and us forever. Oh, I was going to say, is it Chicago? No, it's um, do, do, do. We're in this love together. I forgot. Doesn't matter. Maybe people Bryson. Hmm. Not exactly sure. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for all that. Thanks for everything you do. I'm uh, from the Hollywood Hills in California. I'm Michael Rosenbaum. I'm Ryan Tejas. Ryan, give a little wave. We love you guys. Thank you for allowing me to be inside of each and every one of you. I wish you a glorious week. I hope you're uh, healthy and happy and safe and uh, taking care of yourself. Trying to love yourself a little more and trying to love the world, man. 
Try to love, love people in general, my brothers. I mean, I, I think it's important, man. People are just nasty to each other, aren't they? Yeah. Can't we just be nicer? I try to be nicer to people. I've said enough. I'm done. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.